so glad you could join us for mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with him. So let's get into the word. Yeah, Father, I just want to continue to pray. Thank you that your word remains. When heaven and earth fade, when there's changes in seasons in life, your word will never fail. And so we do pray that you shape us by it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, so this is, the, as Dan said, the third week of our Moving Forward series where we've been exploring what it looks like to move forward as a church um, from the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, you, depending on which uh, news outlets you rely on, there's been minor tweaks or major changes to our state government's roadmap uh, forward. There's, there's been um, some changes to that, but none that actually affect us as a church. Uh, this was going to be the last of the series, but um, there's a couple more things I want to talk about in this series over the next couple of weeks. So we're going to continue to think about moving forward. And so this series is about not, um, it's great that we've got that roadmap, it's great that we've got some, some uh, uh, steps to move forward in. Um, today's kind of like a foretaste of that, I feel, a little foretaste of, of getting together together, but before that becomes uh, an ongoing thing in the future. But, but this series is about what are the more weighty, important things that we should focus on other than dates and masks or no masks, uh, check-ins or no check-ins, uh, singing or no singing. What's the more important things that we should be focusing on as we move forward? Uh, and so the first of those things that we, we talked about was unity. Uh, and if you haven't caught that message yet, then that's kind of, I want to say, uh, that is, you know, mandatory prerequisite. Um, for everybody who's a part of this church family to go back and catch that message on unity. Not because it was a you know, great sermon or anything like that, but because it's so key as we move forward. Last week we talked about how do we show up in the community as a church? How do we use our words in the world as followers of Jesus? Uh, and this week I want to step back into what does it mean for us to be the church? And for a title for this sermon, and if you're a note taker, you can write the title down. I'm, I'm grabbing the title from this, uh, for this sermon uh, from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, part of that reading that Alex read. And that's that line, you are the body of Christ. That's what I want us to grab this morning. And I know it's a, it's a, it's a different morning. There's different thoughts going on. And we might only be able to grab one. Uh, and, and if we can grab one this morning, uh, I want you to grab that phrase. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is part of it. As an application to that, I'm giving this up front. And I'll talk a bit more about that. But, but if you can only grab one thought and one application, uh, what I want to say this morning is that your church needs you as it moves forward because you are the church. Your church needs you as, as we move forward because you are the church. And so this reading that uh, Alex read for us this morning says, The church is one body made up of many parts. In verse 14, uh, the Apostle Paul writes, Even so the body is not made up of one part but of many. And so this captures that idea we began with a couple of weeks ago of unity. Uh, that we're baptised in, in one spirit, that, that we form one body. Uh, this, this scripture talks about um, in verse 12 to 13, for we're all baptised by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we're all given one spirit to drink. 
And so this, this scripture talks of that unity despite the social divides. Regardless of our differences, we are one body. But like the human body, like, like uh, the physical body that we're in, I have no object lesson for you this morning because you're all wearing it. It's your skin, it's your flesh. Like your body is made up of many parts, but is one thing. The same is true of the church. And then so the Apostle Paul goes on in verse 15 to say, Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But God, in fact, has placed the parts of the body Every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they're all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And so the Apostle Paul is saying of the human body, but he's also saying of the church, that all the parts of the body are valuable and important for the body to be a body. For the body to be a healthy body, it needs all of the parts present. If the whole body were an eye, it wouldn't be a body it wouldn't actually you might think well it would have a great sense of vision but the eye doesn't work on its own it needs other parts to function properly if the whole body were an ear we might think oh well that'd be a church with great hearing but the ear can't hear without other parts of the body every part of the body is valuable and important and this this scripture tells us that no part of the body can say that it's more important than another part. And no part of the body can say to itself that it isn't important. No body, part of the body can say, well, I aren't really that vital. I can step out of being a part of the body. And so every part of the body is important and valuable and key. And of course, yes, you know, I... Given the recent announcement this morning, I do want to acknowledge, yes, the, the, the part of the body that is the pastor in the church is an important part of the body. That's why my heart's desire is to not finish now, but to continue to lead the church through this season. But the pastor is not the church. A deacon is not the church. An elder is not the church. The worship leader is not the church. The welcomer is not the church. The kids' church leader is not the church. The, the prayer warrior is not the church. They are all vital parts of the body. And in fact, in, in the next little bit of that reading, in verse 21 and, uh, to 24, the Apostle Paul says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts of the, that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need so, no such treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but the, that its parts should have equal concern for each other. 
If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. And so the Apostle Paul's talking about the human body here, but of course he's using it as a metaphor of the church. And he's saying God has put the church together in such a way that the parts of the body that seem to lack value or lack honour or, or lack what we might say is really important, God has placed them, the church together in such a way that they are the most important parts, the most honourable parts, the special parts of the body. And if we're lacking one part or one part is suffering, the whole body will suffer. Um, during the week, I was hanging in a, a garden stake to prop up one of our plants and um, I missed and hit my thumb. Just this little tiny bit on the end and for a few minutes there, even though... There's only this tiny little bit that was suffering. My whole body was suffering. There's a whole list of examples. That's not a one-off example. There's a whole, just talk to Christy. I've ran into poles. I've been doing all kinds of things lately. Um, but if one part of the body is, is, is suffering, then it causes the whole part of the body to suffer. And we, we often think of that in terms of grief. Uh, but, but like if one part of the body is suffering grief, then we all share in that together. And that is, that is true. But if one part of the body is, is suffering or not present, then the whole body feels the absence of that part. Even if it's a pinky finger, even if it's a part of the body that we think is not important or valuable. The appendix is, is often considered, the, you know, I don't know the latest medical reason why the appendix is there, but it's often considered kind of that part of the body of, you know, better out than in. It causes more problems than good. And it's certainly a part of the body that when it's suffering, the whole, part of the, the whole body suffers. So I don't know the, the latest medical reason for the appendix, that, that why it's there. They don't withdraw it from the body as readily as they used to. But in the body of Christ, in the church, there aren't any appendixes in that sense. There aren't any parts that we think, well, we don't need that bit. We can keep going without it. Every part of the body is valuable. And so when we think about moving forward, and that takes a bit of extra meaning this morning, but, but we're talking about moving forward from the effects of the pandemic, the whole church is needed to move forward. The whole church is one body united, yes, but, but the whole church in terms of every part of the church is needed to move forward. Every part of the body is so valuable as we begin to move forward together. To move forward, the church needs you because you are the church. You are the body of Christ. And so every part is valuable, but, but it's, it's more than that. Paul's talking more than just value for value's sake here. That, that's there, but he says every part of the body has an important role to play. In verse 27, he goes on to say, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, Second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and all different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And so the Apostle Paul here is saying that, that yes, the church has different parts of it. They're all valuable, but, but each of these different parts of the church serve different functions. There, there are different gifts in the church. And, and here he's talking about 
uh, one set of gifts. He's, he's saying, are all apostles? Well, well, the key understanding here is, of course, no, not everyone is an apostle. But not every, so not everyone has the same function. But the implication is that even though not all are apostles or not all are prophets or not all are, are, are miracle workers, everyone has a vital function for the body to be healthy. He makes that a little bit even, even clearer in Romans chapter 12, in verses 3 to 8, where the Apostle Paul says, For the grace God has given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members or parts, and these members do not, have all, do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And so here the, the Apostle Paul again is picking up that, that idea of the body being one but having many parts and these many parts having different functions. And, and here he makes even clearer that idea that, that each part needs to perform its function for the body to be healthy. It's not just that each part is valuable. That is true. Every part of the body of Christ is valuable, whether we can, can see it or not. But all parts of the body are necessary for its functioning. And when a part of the body is absent or ill or not functioning, it creates strain on the rest of the body. You, you only need to kind of hurt one ankle and have to favour that for a while to realise that the other leg starts to ache a bit. If one part of the body isn't functioning as it should, then it creates strain on the rest of the parts of the body. And so as I was thinking about this, as I was thinking about well, online-only church, which we're about to go back into for a few weeks and then uh, hopefully back into gathering and things like that, uh, I was thinking about it's a little bit like a body on life support. A body on life support or ventilation in ICU uh, isn't a healthy body. That's why it's there. And it has systems and functions to keep it alive. And so online-only church is, is a little bit like it's limited church. It's like church on life support. It, it's keeping the vital parts functioning. But what's happened in that is, is we've been necessarily limited to only parts of the body functioning in, in, in terms of a Sunday worship gathering. And so to move forward to a healthy body, all parts need to fully function. Just as, as, a, as a person who's recovering from being on life support needs to gradually uh, move forward and, and, and the parts of the body to come off ventilation but then onto oxygen and, and to, to retrain muscles, to gradually retrain, to begin to eat food and to move forward with their recovery, they need to get to a place where all of the body is functioning for them to be healthy. 
And so I'm thankful for our systems. I'm less thankful for one of our streaming channels over the last two weeks that seems to think our worship teams are so great that we're uh, violating... Um, what's the word? Copyright. Copyright. Um, we'll have to sort that out. But I'm thankful for those things that have kept us able to connect online and gather and worship. But it's a bit like church on life support. It's a bit like, well, we can't have our welcomers because there's no building we can come in to welcome. It's, it's limited down to those vital functions. And that's something we're grateful for, just as we're grateful for all of the medical you know, systems that keep our loved ones alive when they're going through a crisis. But we don't want to see them stay there. We want to see their body take up the slack, begin to function, lungs breathing on their own, kidneys doing what kidneys are meant to do, Pinkies doing what pinkies are meant to do and, and returning to full function. And so I want to say again, as we move forward as the church, the church needs you. You are a valuable part of the church body and you bring a valuable function to it. Sometimes we might have a kind of like, I don't know what that is for me. Well, I just want to encourage you to press into God, to show up to him, to show up to the body of Christ and be available to how he would like to use you. All parts of the body need to be restored to life and function. The church needs your serving. The church needs your encouraging, your welcoming, your worshipping, your praying, your teaching, your giving, your leading, your hospitality, uh, your, your, your gifts, whatever they may be. Your presence is a gift as well. And so to move forward as a church, your church needs you because you are the church. You are the body of Christ and, and each one of you is part of it. I just want to read one final scripture before we close the message this morning and, and worship God again. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 to 11, uh, Peter, he's a straight shooter. He's less metaphorical uh, in his speaking to a degree. Uh, and he says it fairly plainly here in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 to 11. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. And so I want to encourage us as a church, those of us that were able to be here this morning, those of us who are uh, connected online and found one of the streaming channels that's working today, uh, those who will engage with this later on, I want to encourage us all to use whatever gift we've received. Whether we think that in the context of the body of Christ we're like, like the heart that's so important or whether we think we're like the, the, the little tiny toe that I keep kicking tables with and it suffers and then the whole body suffers. Whether we think in our own estimation we're so vital to the church or whether we think, oh, I don't know what I bring. I want to encourage you, whatever gift you've received, whatever equipping God has given you, to use that to serve his church and his kingdom as we move forward. We need to come off life support and see the parts of the body 
present and functioning fully once more. Of course, that's not a criticism. We've had to do that. Just as someone who's sick needs to go to hospital, we've had to do that in this season and we're thankful for those tools that have enabled us to do that. But it's a time as we move forward, as we, as we look to late October, as we look especially to December, it's a time for us to come back to that place to using whatever gift, whatever resource, whatever capability, who we are to be present with the body of Christ. To move forward, we need, yes, pastors, we need elders, we need deacons, worship leaders, kids' church leaders, welcomers, encouragers, prayers, givers, blessers, servants, prophets, those who do those things that don't necessarily have a name that we can put on an organisation chart. Those who simply show up and, and lead worship from the back row. Those who simply say an encouraging word. Those who simply encourage by their presence. It's easy for me to slip into Sunday worship analogy from that, but I hope you capture that. I'm talking more about more than just Sunday morning worship. I'm talking about the functioning of the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to worship our God in reflection as Ali and the team lead us. And so, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us as a church family to move forward. Thank you for this foretaste of being able to gather today. I pray that your presence, your spirit would be palpable and tangible with those that weren't able to be here this morning. May they not feel that they've missed out on that, Father. But we look forward with hope to the season that we are able to return to gathering for everybody in late October. We look forward to December when, when restrictions essentially fall away. We pray that that would come to pass, uh, that your hand would be on our, on our church, on our, on our town, on our region, on our nation, that it would come to pass that we can move forward in those ways. And so, Father, as we come off life support, I pray that you would guide us as we restore to function all the aspects of a healthy body. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.